As we're in a part of the series that we're on called The Bridge, open up your Bibles this morning to Matthew chapter number 6 and verse number 10. And so if you would stand with me this morning as we read Matthew chapter number 6 and verse number 10, it says, pray then like this, and this is Jesus talking, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And in our key theme verse of scripture is this. It's verse number 10 and it says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That means literally this, guys. God wants his kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, to begin to manifest right here on this earth. Where you're at, he wants it to manifest in your homes, with your families, with your relationships, with your marriages, with your kids, with your finances, with even your recreational activities even your money God wants his kingdom to have an effect on it the problem is many people in this world and in this earth and especially in the church have this messed up concept of God's kingdom is way up there and I am way down here how can God's kingdom ever get to where I'm at well here's how it does and this is what we talked about last week this is a brief recap God wants to bring his kingdom into your realm or your field of play and last week we talked about God as being the ultimate quarterback God is the one trying to deliver to you his kingdom the ball would represent his kingdom you are God's receiver the issue is God is going to put the ball in a place for you to catch it still in the field of play called the earth but where the enemy can't intercept it amen so how does he do that he's going to put the ball in a position where you can catch it so you're going to catch the kingdom in the field of play called the earth because that's where you're located where the enemy can't touch it how does he do it you're physically located here but you're spiritually located there Amen. The Bible says you've been seated with Christ in heavenly places. So even though you're physically in the way Bible church this morning, and can I tell you, y'all look good this morning. Amen. You look good today. And so as you're here physically looking good, you're spiritually there looking a lot better. Amen. And so as God's getting you his kingdom because you're spiritually there and physically here, God literally says, Joel, you're touching heaven, grabbing hold of the kingdom to transform earth here. And God's got it set up like that because when Jesus died on the cross of Calvary, it eliminated the ability for the enemy to be able to intercept God's kingdom. And now God can get you the kingdom right here located on this earth because he wants to see his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And so this morning, we're going to learn about God's kingdom manifesting in your household. This relates to your marriage and your kids. And so if God's going to establish his kingdom in your household, God wants to make sure it gets manifested. And so I've asked for a little bit of video help on the title of this morning's message. And so as we begin to kick off this morning's message, this is going to be the title of our message this morning. How many of y'all remember this song? Y'all remember this show? Anybody under 18 is like going. So we've all remembered the Brady Bunch. 
And as you remember the Brady Bunch, what it is, the Brady Bunch is this lady who had three girls and this guy who had three sons. And they begin to blend their families together as they got married. And as they get married, these two families, they begin to try to work together. And in today's society, we are dealt with this all the time. We have blended families coming together all the time, blended races coming together all the time. We have uh, blended thought patterns coming together all the time. We even have blended religious doctrines coming together all the time under the umbrella of marriage. And if we're going to see God's kingdom come take place, it's going to mean that we have to change the way we think about all this blending that's going on, not to look at it as blended anymore, but to stop looking at it as blended and begin to look at it as kingdom. And as we begin to look at it as kingdom, listen, God is not concerned about what you're doing at this very moment and all that's happened in the past. God wants to bring this mindset into your thinking. He wants you to start establishing kingdom family right here this morning where you're at. So listen, maybe you've come from a situation like I have. When I married my wife, I was raised Methodist. She was raised Baptist. We had some distinct, different doctrinal thought patterns trying to blend together. We had some very distinct conversations about our belief system coming together. Not only was I raised Methodist, I also was baptized in the Baptist church. Even First Baptist Silver Springs here in town is where I was baptized. Then I went to a spirit-filled non-denominational church where I did receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And all this time, I got all this not just blending with me and her, but blending with me and me. Can you talk about messed up? And so my only solution to this whole blending process was to not worry about what I've been taught all my life in the past, but to find out what God says about it right now and how his kingdom can begin to move forward into my life. Now, I want you to get this mindset for your family today. How can God's kingdom right now, this morning, how can I touch heaven and begin to transform my family's life with the kingdom of God right here on this earth, right now, here this morning? So as you begin to hear this message this morning, God is not stepping on your toes Joel is not stepping on your toes. God is not beating you up. God is not even sitting here telling you how awful you are. God's saying, get a new thought pattern. Get a new way of thinking. The problem is, we talked about this a little bit last week. We have a scenario that we like to call dualism, and it's two completely different worlds operating at the same time, converging on the same space. The Brady Bunch is a perfect demonstration that two completely different worlds operating at the same time, then converging on the same house. So as the title of this morning's message is The Brady Bunch, you are the Brady Bunch in your house because you have two completely different worlds. You have the world of the kingdom of God and you have the world that you live in every day converging the natural and the supernatural on the same time and dualism is taking place. The problem is we haven't learned how to keep it as kingdom Instead, we have the Sunday family and we got the Monday family. We got how we act on Sunday when we walk into church. We got the amens, the hallelujahs, the thank you Jesuses. We lift our hands, we come to the altar and pray and the kids are like, wow. And then we got the Monday family. Would you get up already? Why do you not listen to me? I'm not the only one who does that. I'm just saying. Some of y'all are looking at me like, oh my goodness. So literally, we got these two different families trying to converge in the same place called your house. And we're raising a generation of, listen to this, bipolar Christians who live one way on Sunday and another way on Monday. 
We have raised a generation of bipolar generations, starting from my generation on down. It's bipolar because we don't know how to act. We're told to sit and act like this in church and be like this and who we are in Christ and how to be like Christ and how to walk like Christ and act like Christ and talk like Christ. The problem is we haven't told them how to be Christ. And so we have this thing going on in our house on Sunday. Mommy and daddy are religious and holy, but on Monday they're everything but. So now our kids grow up with this concept that we can live like heaven on Sunday, act like hell on Monday, and it's all going to be all right. We've created a bipolar generation. We've created a generation that literally thinks like this, that I can put on this act with all my church friends, let them think that I know what I'm talking about, all the while have a secret life in the back. And I talked about this last week. It is no longer time for secret Jesus. Parents, if you worship in church on Sunday with your hands lifted, why don't you worship in Jesus at your house on Monday with hands lifted? And I'm not talking you got to invite Mitch and the worship team to your house and set up the band in your living room. And I mean, I'm sure they'd be willing to if you pay them the right price, but I am saying this. If you pray with them on Sunday at the altar, you better be praying with them Monday at kneeling at the bed. Don't create bipolar Christianity in your life. To get rid of bipolar Christianity, we must begin to establish kingdom, not religion. We must begin to establish what God is talking about in the life of the family. And there is no better passage of scripture that talks about the family than this. Open your Bible to Psalm chapter number 128. Psalm chapter number 128. And we're going to read all this whole chapter. Don't pass out at six verses. Psalm chapter number 128. We're going to read verse 1 through 6. And we're going to find out literally how to do this. We're going to find out how to bridge the gap between heaven and earth in the life of your family. We're going to bridge the gap between seeing the kingdom family that you dream about and the literal family that you're operating in. We're going to see these two worlds begin to converge. And I promise if you'll stick with kingdom family, kingdom will start reigning and ruling in your household. If you start ignoring kingdom family, the world will start ruling and reigning in your household. So as we begin to read this passage of scripture, I want everybody to think about your family just for a minute. Are you creating a bipolar generation? What are you doing and how can God begin to bring kingdom into your household? Listen to this. Blessed. Did I say blessed? blessed? Now that's talking about you. We just got done with a whole series called Blessed Generation. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. You shall eat the fruit of your labor of your hands and you shall be blessed and it shall be well with you. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you from Zion and may you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. And may you see your children's children peace be upon Israel. Now this psalm addresses four areas of your life. It addresses your personal life. It addresses your family life. It addresses your church life and it addresses your community life. And so many throughout the sermons you'll hear over the next five weeks on this bridge series, the kingdom series, we're going to be dealing with a lot of these passages of scripture. The Bible starts out blessed is everyone who fears the Lord. Tony Evans has the best definition of what fear the Lord means. Fear the Lord means this take God seriously. Blessed is everyone, not doesn't say man it says everyone who takes God seriously. If you're going to establish kingdom family, you better start taking the kingdom and God seriously at your house, not at church. Okay? Here you can learn how to take him seriously and apply it at your house. That's why corporate worship is important. That's why the Bible says those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in the courts of their God. God wants you to be planted in a church so you can learn kingdom principles and apply kingdom principles at your house to have a kingdom family that can then reinvest back into a church and make it a kingdom church. When he says, blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, that means to take God seriously. By and large in the church today, we would rather sprinkle a little God on that 
then take him seriously. What do I mean by sprinkle a little God on that? What I mean by that is on the walls of our houses when you walk in, we look like we would be a church made over when you walk into our houses. Everybody, I mean almost everybody, you walk in their house, they got the Joshua scripture, as for me and my house will serve the Lord. You got a Jesus picture hanging up somewhere in your house. I mean, we got all these things that represent and look like God. The problem is God's nowhere to be found in the house. And so we try to suffice it by sprinkling a little God on that. If I put God upon my wall, he's in my house. If I do this or I just do that, it's time, church, that we do not sprinkle God on our families anymore. It's time that we immerse our family in what is called kingdom living, kingdom lifestyle, kingdom operating to see God develop kingdom families. Now, I'm not saying anything's wrong with the Joshua scriptures. We have one in our house. We don't have a picture of Jesus hanging up in our house anymore, do we? No, we don't have a Jesus picture. Some of y'all are already offended at that. The pastor does not have a picture of Jesus in his house. No, Jesus lives in my heart. He's always in my house. I want you to begin to understand that I don't believe in sprinkling God on things. I don't believe in giving God a hand clap to appease him. I believe in a lifestyle that would exemplify and glorify my God and it would manifest kingdom in my house. And so when God begins to manifest kingdom in your house, it's not about how many pictures you can hang on the wall. It's about the spirit that comes in when you come in and it's the spirit that goes out when you go out. So as he says, blessed is everyone who fears the Lord or takes God seriously, how serious have you taken God? Not as a couple, not as husband and wife, as an individual. How seriously have you taken God lately? And if you begin to take God a little bit more serious every single day, you're going to begin to see the kingdom expand a little bit farther in every little part of your life. And as the kingdom begins to expand farther in every part of your life, the kingdom will not just reside in your house. It'll go outside your house. It won't just go outside of your house. It'll go down the street from your house. It won't just go down the street from your house. It'll actually begin to overflow into the church and in the community and into your neighborhood. But the first thing we got to do is begin to take God seriously. And now listen, we are great at church about preaching, you must have a daily quiet time. My quiet times are anything but quiet. (laughs) But we are always great about saying, you got to have a daily quiet time. You got to have a daily quiet time. You got to read your Bible and pray every day. When is the last time your kids looked at you and saw the Bible? I don't want my kids to be told and instructed all their life, daddy said, read the Bible. I want them to look at me and see the Bible. I want them to look at my wife and see the Bible. I want my boys to grow up looking at my wife knowing what they should marry. I want your daughters growing up looking at you as daddies knowing what they should then marry. Not picking out qualities of you. I'm going to marry somebody who is not like that. No, they need to be looking at you saying, I'm going to marry somebody exactly like my daddy or exactly like my mama. Because you haven't lived you in front of them. You lived kingdom in front of them. You lived Bible in front of them. Your children should not be ignorant about tithes and offerings. You give your kids an allowance, you should teach them to tithe. I'm telling you life principles, kingdom principles. I'm simply expanding the kingdom of God to your household. And when God does a kingdom overthrow, baby, things are going to be different and things are going to be better. We just got to get through and find out what kingdom is. And so it says, blessed is everyone who fears the Lord and walks in his ways. As we begin to fear the Lord, we cannot sprinkle a little God on that. And then it goes on to say, you shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. You shall be blessed and it shall be well with you. Many of our families are laboring, but we're laboring in the wrong direction. We're laboring for our families instead of laboring on our families. That means we're gone to work so much working for our families, we forget to work on the family. I want you to begin to think, how many hours a week do you watch TV? Some of us is not very many. I do not watch that many hours of TV. I don't have time to watch that many hours of TV. But even if I watch 10 hours of TV a week, what if I put just half of those hours of laboring on my family instead of working for my family 
Instead of laboring on the television set, I'm working on my family. Instead of laboring on Facebook, I'm on the floor playing. Instead of laboring on my cell phone, I labor on my kids. And that doesn't mean I'm preaching to them. That means they see the Bible in daddy. That means they see Jesus in me. That means they see the Bible in mommy. That means they see Jesus in her. It's time that we begin to labor on the family. The verse of scripture goes on to say this. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. The word of God says, husbands, your wife in Proverbs 18, 22, is the favor of the Lord in your life. See, the problem is many husbands get mad at their wife. Instead of turning and looking at her as favor from God, they ask for a new flavor from God. Now, come on. I don't like her. She's changed. We've been married 10 years. She's different. Of course she's grown up. Doesn't mean she hadn't. <laughs> Ladies, come on. Help me out if it's get mugged. And that wasn't in my notes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so wives, the Bible says this. Your husband is the glory of God in your life. Amen. Now wives, look at your husband and say, ooh, glory. <laughs> now come on. Now some of y'all husbands are turning red. Y'all are sitting here getting red faced because, oh my gosh, my wife hadn't talked to me like that. <laughs> See the problem we have in the house? We don't give godly compliments and tell our wife who God said she is in my life. You know, the more I tell my wife who God said she is, it doesn't help her, it helps me. It keeps me in line. Joel, you better remember she's the favor of God in your life. Remember this, husbands, if you have an issue with your wife, God won't answer your prayers. Go read 2 Peter. So I'm just going down the line of a kingdom family here. And listen, I could spend eight weeks just on these verses of kingdom family, okay? I'm, I'm doing it in one week because y'all wouldn't be back next week. So now that she's your favor and he is your glory, you ought to walk out of here with a little bit different perspective of your family. Maybe you'll begin to respect one another a little bit more, not because of who he or she is, but because who or he or she God said she is. And so when we walk out of here, I pray that you see the glory on your husbands, wives. I pray that you see the favor of God on your lives, husbands, because you know that the Bible says that he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from God. And wives, you know, according to 1 Corinthians, the Bible says that the man in your life is the glory of God in your life. And so if you're not seeing the glory on him, maybe you should start waking up in the morning and say, ooh, glory. What if that's the first thing you heard in the morning? I want to establish kingdom families. Why? Why do I want to do this? This is the reason I want to do it. Because our five-year mission at the church has started two years ago. It'll go into its third year this coming January. We always get families in the church that many times are in crisis state of living. That means they're about to give it up. Their marriage is going down the tubes because of finances, because of kids, because of all the blending that's going on, and because of all the relationship struggles. They're about to throw in the talents. They say, we got to find a last-ditch effort, and we seem to be the last-ditch effort, and I'm great that you didn't give up before you came here. Amen. Our goal as a church is to find crisis families and bring them to a place of stability. Get them to be stable so long that stable becomes normal. Because a lot of people, when you operate in crisis so long, you get so used to operating in crisis, when you flip over to normal, you think normal is wrong. And so you flip back to crisis because that's all you know. Why am I about building kingdom families? Because we live in a world full of crisis. We live in a world that every single day divorce is the option. Splitting up is the norm. Leaving the spouse is just the thing that we know to do now. Listen, we have even in the United States changed the definition of family, but the kingdom hasn't. So it's time we start establishing kingdom families in the household, amen? 
And so as we begin to look at the favor and the glory of God that operate together as we walk out of a building, your kids, the Bible says, goes on to say, they will be olive shoots around your table. They will be olive shoots. Now, he calls them olive shoots for this reason. Because an olive tree, when it's planted, takes 15 to 18 years to reach maturity. Maturity takes place when they can start reproducing. Now, listen, these olive trees planted and nurtured properly will live for over 2,000 years and continue to produce fruit. That means the same trees that Jesus saw are still alive. (laughs) And they'll produce. And they can survive the harshest of every single type of circumstance. They can survive the harshest winters, the harshest summers, the deepest droughts. Why? Because their roots go so deep. So parents, you got 15 years to raise your kids. Actually, it's more about 12. By the time they're 12, they've established thought patterns of what they think is right and wrong. They already know about sex. They already know and have been introduced to drugs and internet problems and all these issues. They already know. We deal with it day in and day out with our youth that are 11, 12, and 13. So you got 15 years to make sure your kids get some deep roots. So the Bible says, parents, your kids are going to be olive shoots around your table. That means you have the ability to make sure they get deeply rooted, deeply planted into some kingdom things, showing the glory and the favor of God in their life as they look at mom and dad and see the Bible. And it says that they will be olive shoots around your table. That means you got to get around the table It doesn't have to be the physical dinner table. I like it to be the dinner table. But you have to have a time where family gets together, where mom and dad, you impart into your kids. What does impart mean? Impart means you simply tell your kids what God is telling you about them and what God is telling them about them. What does that mean? It means mom and dad, you got to hear from God on the sake of your kids. It means when you notice your kids taking on a tendency that you don't like, you begin to talk scripture to them. I'm finding tendencies in my sons that I am walking with God on and they're fixing to get deeply planted in the word of God so the tendencies don't overtake their life. For some reason, my kids have, a, uh, have picked up the term, I'm scared. Well, that's not a big deal, pastor. It is when you know the Bible says God didn't give us a spirit of fear but a power and love and of a sound mind. Well, they're kids. Well, they're my kingdom kids. And if they're my kingdom kids, that means my kingdom must be getting to be established in their life. And if fear is not of God's kingdom, then fear shouldn't be in my kingdom. And if my kids are scared about something, i got to do some housework. It's not getting mad at my kids. It's getting mad at me and finding, God, how did I let some spirit of fear get in my house? Because I don't want my kids having a fear mentality when they grow up. And so I speak the word of God over them every night. And now I've even begun to pray that, God, you give them wisdom beyond their years and knowledge and understanding of how to use it. Because I want my kids to be kingdom kids. I want them firmly established, deeply rooted So 2,000 years from now, I know they won't be here, but there will be a legacy that started with my great-grandparents and went from my parents down to us and down to my kids, down to my grandkids, to my great-grandkids, to the third and fourth generation, and we see a legacy. In this, the next verse, verse number four, it continues to reiterate why God wants this in the family because it says, Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. The reason God wants all this is because when you're in his kingdom, the blessing happens. And when the blessing happens, his kingdom expands. And when his kingdom expands, well, that's why we're here. It's for the expansion of the kingdom. It's in verse number five. It talks about your church life. The Bible says, God will bless you from Zion. I hit on this a couple weeks ago. Zion in the Old Testament references the local church in the New Testament. And if this is the local church in the New Testament, Zion, God's going to bless you. That means when you bring your kids to the church house, God's going to continue to bless your family. That means when you walk into God's place and get planted in God's kingdom, that means God can speak to you as parents how to change lifestyles, habits, and your family will walk in his blessing. 
And so God wants to bless you from the very seat you're seated in. And then the Bible goes on to say, the Lord bless you from Zion. And it goes on and says, may you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. He goes from you as a person to you as a family to you and your church to you and your community. The Lord wants to bless Sulphur Springs because you're in it. God's not mad at you this morning. God wants to bless our city because you're in our city and you're in his kingdom. God's not wanting to hold back his blessing on this region. The only issue God is facing is when will some kingdom men and women in Sulphur Springs rise up, touch heaven so we can transform this earth. God's waiting on us to tap into heaven so he can bring his blessing to Sulphur Springs. You're God's avenue. You're God's choice. God could have chose any other means to bless this region, and he chose you. You should feel highly honored. You should feel blessed. But instead, many church people feel burdened by having to carry out God's plan for your life. If you'll get in God's plan, Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden's light. See, many of you are struggling not because you're struggling with the call. You're struggling because you're not in the call. Once you get in the call, things get pretty easy because now you got clarity. Now you know what God's called you to do. You know where God's called you to be. God says he'll bless Jerusalem because you're in it. He'll bless Sulphur Springs because his kingdom people are in it. God is not worried about the people who don't know Christ. Now, let me preface this. He's worried about it. He wants them saved. He wants them born again, okay? He's not concerned with trying to get his blessing to you through them. He's concerned with getting his blessing to you so you can get to them. So he's got to get his blessing to you. That's why you're touching heaven, transforming earth, so you can go out to a lost and dying world with the blessing, with the kingdom, And Jesus, the Bible says, Jesus went all throughout the region doing what? Good. So when you leave here today, you're the glory, you're the favor. You're walking into Juan Pablo's restaurant to get some Mexican food, which is the blessing of God. Amen. (laughs) Some of y'all would agree. You're walking in there to walk in the blessing. How are you going to be kingdom? See, kingdom doesn't happen. Kingdom is intentional. My wife and I, I love our marriage. We have a great marriage. I'm excited about it. It doesn't just occur takes work. My parents will be married 40 years this November. I can't even comprehend 40 years. I'm not that old. Yeah, give God a hand clap of praise. I mean, I mean if you've been longer, married longer than 40 years, lift your hand up. Man, I'll acknowledge you too. Because, amen. We've got a couples back there married longer than 40 years. It doesn't just happen, guys. Kingdom does not happen. Kingdom is intentional. I can clarify it like this. Jesus just didn't happen. God sent his one and only son to this earth. It was intentional. Kingdom households don't just happen. God sends his son to your house to make kingdom happen. Kingdom is intentional. You got to make an intentional decision this morning to have kingdom in your household. You got to make an intentional decision this morning to have kingdom in your personal life. You got to make an intentional decision this morning and not let it be a Sunday decision, but it needs to translate to a Monday living and a Tuesday lifestyle and a Wednesday get excited because you get to come back to church and get more established in kingdom living because by the time Wednesday rolls around, you've been beat up, spit up, chewed out, everything else. Kingdom's got to be intentional. So I'm going to ask you this morning, single person, married person, husband, wife, whoever you are, you need to make an intentional decision this morning. Your intentional decision this morning is solely based on you. As much as I said my wife is the favor of God on my life and I'm the glory of God in her life, I still got to make my decision. I'm not sprinkling a little God on my kids' lives. I'm going to be Bible in front of them. I'm not sprinkling a little God on my wife's life just to make her think I'm a godly man. I want to be godly man to her with her, in front of her, be there for her. Am I successful all the time? Heavens no. I think I fail more than I am a success. But she sees me trying. She sees me intentional. She sees me praying with our kids at night. She sees me teaching our kids how to pray at the table. Do I mess up? Of course I do. Do I fail? Of course I do. Am I perfect? Heavens no. But is kingdom coming? Oh yeah, kingdom's here. Because intentional has happened.